Man, if you have your uh, Bibles, let's turn to Psalms chapter 1, verse 3. Amen. Starting a series uh, for the next four weeks, we're going to be doing a series, and it's called Rooted. So we'll start with Psalms 1, 3. I'm in the New Living Translation. It says this. They are like trees along the riverbed, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. What a great picture. So for the next couple moments, I'm going to talk to you about being rooted, rooted in Christ, and the importance of planting, what we're planting, the soil that we have, our hearts. Let's pray. Precious Lord, we're so grateful for all that you have done and you continue to do. Even in light of the hurricanes that have been happening, the people that are displaced, Lord Jesus, you know where they all are. And I pray, Lord God, that you would empower the organizations down there, the church down there to shine brightly as they minister to the needs there. I pray, Lord Jesus, for those that are in loss, whether it's loss of loved ones or whether it is loss of their home, Lord Jesus, that you would be the comforting presence being felt, all those affected by this. We believe in you, we trust in you, and we want to do your work as you would call it. We thank you, we honor you in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Why don't you have a seat? Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord today, right? It is good to be here and to see what God is doing. Um, I'm excited that it's fall. And uh, not only am I excited that it's fall, I'm excited to see all the changing and the colors. Um, we had, uh, a while back, um, a couple of years ago, we had gone to... Um, gone to Pennsylvania and saw the colors of the changing of the of the trees and I don't know if you've ever seen that but it's just gorgeous it's just beautiful and I just have a question here is it any do we have any plant parents in the house today yes all right yes anybody have green thumbs yes and those that do not have a green thumb can I get an amen yes right some of us right I don't get it plants they, they, they're hard. I actually have a friend. I have a friend uh, who uh, has always had plants. And in the most recent time, I was over at his house, and he was talking about his plants. And as he's walking through, he's kind of like, and here's one that I rescued from a branch. <laughs> and it's a fully flourishing plant. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I mean, if I had a branch, I thought you're supposed to throw them in a fire, right? That's, I don't know what to do with them. And let alone people give me a perfectly good plant, and I, it, somehow something happens. I guess it needs water. <laughs> now, <laughs> all my other plastic ones, they don't need water. See, you get me. <laughs> but he was, he was taking me through, and as he's taking me through, he's talking to me about, plant and that plant and and how this plant was this small and how this was you know this was just a, a piece of fruit and then it turned into a mango tree and he, he's going through the whole thing and I'm like oh my goodness this guy's good and then and then he starts saying things like yeah she gets a little snarky if she gets too much water 
Now listen, I, I appreciate I appreciate his love for these plants, and and obviously, growth is happening. And as we're walking through, he's like he's like you know gently touching the the leaf and looking how vivacious this is. And he, he's pointing things out, and and he, he puts his finger in the in the soil and sees sees how there's a little mush. I mean, I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is a real thing, right? <laughs> no doubt. Plants give us something, right? There's no doubt that there's benefits from plants. I know a little bit about plants. I know about photosynthesis, how it turns um, carbon dioxide into, into oxygen and, and, and the growth process that happens with the sunlight and the chlora whatever, and, right? And, and, right? I, I get that, and I know that you can even use some plants for medicine and everything, and, and so I understand that plants are important, and they are an active part of our life, and so I thought I would contribute by um, sharing some puns about plants. I'm so glad I did not make these up. <clears throat> All right, here the, here's one. Uh, what did the sunflower say to her BFF when she reached five feet tall? You grow, girl. Okay. All right, okay, all right, okay, all right. All right. What did the rose text her best bud? I'm all dressed and I have nowhere to grow. Okay, all right, okay. Here's one. Are you ready? What is the fiercest type of a flower? Dandelion! Right! Yes! Okay, I thought I'd get more from that one. That was, uh, that was almost one of my best. All right, okay. <laughs> um, okay, what did the husband say when his wife told him he bought the wrong flowers? Oopsie daisy. Okay. It's getting bad. I'm getting groaners out there. Hold on, I gotta find one. Okay, all right, here's one. Okay, here's one. Are you ready? Okay. What did the boy plant say to his girlfriend? I'll never leave you. Hmm, now I'm getting, now I'm getting complimented. Thank you. All right, okay. I'm almost, all right, this is, I'm close. All right, here it is. How do you grow a flower that grow, glows in the dark? How do you grow a flower that glows in the dark? With a light bulb. Okay. <laughs> this is my last one, and then we're going to get spiritual, so just relax. Here we go, okay? What happens when a flower blushes? It turns rosy. Okay. <laughs> How do you transition out of that, right? All right, hold on. I need to mark down what I should not be doing. Okay, so plants, I, what I'm saying is plants are effective. Right, They are to be effective, and, and if they have the right root system, though, if they have the right root system, they can accomplish great things. Nutrients can come in, can feed it, it can provide fruit that helps bless others that are around them. Um, it, 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 the, the root system helps sustain um, the, when the climate shifts. It helps sustain them, right? And what I'm saying is this. This is what I need you to hear. Deep roots produce good fruit. 
Okay? Deep roots produce good fruit. Over the next four weeks, we'll be going through what it means to be rooted in Christ. All up in Christ. What we allow to root in our lives. How we grow. How we maintain. What needs pruning. Harvest. The harvest that God has deposited in our lives. And it goes without saying that, that much of what happens in our life comes out of what we plant or what we allow to plant in our life. Isn't that true? It is. Some of you can look back at certain times in your life and when you allowed something into your life and how it has now grown into either a very healthy, vibrant bush or it has grown into something that has caused you a lot of pain and suffering. Yes? It comes out, what we plant comes out into our lives. What we allow to take root, what is, and then that is what we are unpacking today. What we're allowing to have deep roots in our life. In terms of every Christian, our relationship with God shouldn't be only at a surface level. Every say amen, please. Amen. Right, right. Yeah. There's nothing more discouraging. There's nothing more discouraging than people that say that they're a Christian. And yet are not. Right? What I'm saying is I'm all about us being authentic. And let me just say this. I authentically know at my core... That I'm in a fallen world and that I am broken and I am in need of a savior. Right? And I authentically know that in this church there are no perfect people. Right? So, so I'm not saying that we don't make mistakes and we don't trip and fall and, and stumble. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it matters where my roots are and how deep they are. Right? If we want to see revival happen like it's supposed to happen, we need to have real Christians that have their roots straight down deep into Christ. Damn. It shouldn't just be a behavioral response. It should be our affections, our devotions, our faith, our, our kingdoms. Ambitions should be deeply rooted in Christ. And if it is deeply rooted in Christ, then our faith will be strong. It will be vivacious. Right? It will be effective. It will bring nourishment not only to us and to our lives and to those that are close to us, but to the kingdom of God. That is the power of Christ. The power of its effect on our lives. I believe that God has a desired picture of our lives. And that is found in our opening scripture in Psalms chapter 1 verse 3. And I want to read that again. And I want you to have this picture of how God sees his godly. How God sees the elect, right? It says this, they are like trees planted by the riverbank, right? Bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. That is what I want to be. That is what the church needs to be. 
to this world. In order for a seed to grow and ultimately prosper, it must first be planted. A seed is generally planted in soil, and the quality of the soil has an immeasurable effect on its, on its growth of that seed. Jesus used the same illustration with seeds and soil to give insight in how people's heart respond to the gospel. And we can use this to assess the fertility of our own lives, our own hearts, as it is in response to the gospel and what the gospel will produce if grown in a fertile soil. So one point, first point that I would want to make in all of this is that the gospel is for everyone. In a world where, where everything needs to be compartmentalized and you need to be in a section and you need to have a certain pedigree and you need to have a certain uh, wealth status or, or, or money status. or in, in a world like that, I want you to know that there's nobody that is excluded from the gospel. God wants the gospel to reach every single person. And that anyone can partake of its benefits and of his blessings. See, what I'm saying is, this, is that I don't think that I can come to God later in life and say, Hey, listen, you never told me. You never were reaching for me. You, you were never trying to get my attention. Because, because that is God's primary desire is to build a ongoing, enduring, vivacious relationship with you. Amen. The gospel is for everyone. In fact, the gospel is so powerful that it changes the climate that we live in. I think that when when the climate begins going dark, it's because people are not talking about the gospel. There's this story, Bob Woods tells the story of a couple who had took their son, who is 11, and their daughter, who is 7, to the Carlsbad um, Caverns. And, and as they were going down, they got down to the very deepest point in the, in the tour, and the guide turned off all the lights to, to, to dramatize how completely dark and silent it was below the Earth's surface. This little girl, suddenly enveloped in utter darkness, was frightened and she began to cry. And immediately was heard the voice of her brother. Don't cry. Somebody here knows how to turn on the lights. In a real sense, this is the message of the gospel. The gospel is the light that is available for every single person. I don't ever have to, I don't ever, hey, right? I don't ever have to wonder if God would have a little bit of forgiveness for me. No, he does, right? In fact, he says that his mercies are new every single morning, right? This is the God that is reaching, that is pining for you and pining for your neighbor and pining for your coworker, right? And pining for your, your students that are sitting and working next to you. It's no joke when the Bible refers to Jesus as, as being the light 
of the world or, or, or how we're supposed to let our light so shine as to this beacon of hope for others, right? Personally, in this room, some of you have experienced rescue. Your lives were broken, tattered. Maybe you were addicted to something. Maybe, maybe uh, you had made a horrible mistake and, and, and there was redemption and there was forgiveness that God offered, right? There was rescue that was there, spiritual rescue. For some of you, physical rescue. For some of you, emotional rescue. And, and, and let me tell you this, that if you're sitting here today and you're like, I don't have it yet, I'm telling you what, God still offers it for you. He still has it for you. Your life can be put back together. Your, your life can be fixed because of the gospel, right? Amen. Amen. Some um, when I look at Romans chapter 1, 16 through 17, and, and I would suggest that you highlight this scripture. Um, this is an amazing scripture and it should be something that should always be on the brink of every Christian's mind. It says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First the Jew, then to the Gentile. But watch this in verse 17, it says, but in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness of God is revealed. He goes on, a, a righteous that is by faith from first to last. And then he, he underscores it by saying, just as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. All of this is one of the reasons that Jesus used a parable to, to give us insight into the tenderness or, or the tenderness or the fertility of our hearts and what it could be. How that plays a vital role in the effects of the gospel and his word in our lives as it pertains to our life and eternity. This is important stuff. If you turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Jesus is talking and, and he is sharing a parable. And I want to I read this portion of the parable to you. Uh, chapter 13, verse 3 through 9. He told many stories in the form of parables and such as this. And he said, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. And as he scattered them across the field. Now notice, just uh, pause for a second. Notice that there was no discrimination. Right, he, he actually scattered it liberally. See, many times we, we find so many reasons why we should not or we should have something. And God, and God is, is having this farmer spread it out liberally, liberally to everyone. And that's the gospel message. He says, I'll continue reading. Some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate, it, ate them. Other seeds fell on a shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns and grew up and choked out the tender plants. And still other seeds 
fell on fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and 100 times as much as that had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now Jesus gives us four different scenarios of seed being spread in this parable. And he explains that the seed is the word. The good news shared with others. The soil is the heart of a person. Where, where the seed of the good news can take root. And Jesus makes clear that the, the problems in the parable don't occur with the seed. But that the problems arise depending on the kind of soil the seed falls into. And I don't mind telling you that when I was younger, um, I had a different idea of the different the four different uh, soils. And I, I kind of felt like it was a declarative, um, a declarative piece where he was saying, by the way, there's four different soils and oops, whatever soil you have, that's how it's going to be. But that's not what is being said here. We can always cultivate our soil. There's always hope for every single person. Uh, there, there isn't just, by the way, 25% of the people that are going to hear the gospel are going to come and live for God. That's not what that means. So let's, let's jump into this. So, so here the soil is the heart of the person where the seed of the good news can take root. And Jesus makes clear that the problems in the parable don't occur with the seed. So, so here he is in number one. Let's go skip down to verse 19. And, and basically he's saying that a hardened or oblivious heart is a barren wasteland. And let me read it. He says, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in the heart. Some are opposed to the good news. And there are some that are oblivious to it, right? Whether by personal volition or by innocent omission, this parable is clear that seed will not grow where there is inhospitable soil. In fact, the enemy will come and, and snatch the seed away because he doesn't want the seed to have any opportunity to take root and grow in a person's life. Now, now let me just clarify this. Let me just say this. You need to know, remember that the enemy or Satan's greatest tool is temptation for, for the reason to cause humanity to either disobey God or to disbelieve God. Right, right. That, that is his role. His role is, is to provide temptation to cause you to lose faith in God or to disobey him. And, and I, I look around and see so many, it's interesting sometimes, and hearing what people think they know about God. And, and they're referencing this movie from Hollywood or they're referencing you know, something. And I think it's all that more important for the church to be actively sharing the gospel. Because there's a lot of people that they don't have any idea of, of this great God who really cares about the soul that you are. That, by the way, he didn't make a mistake with. 
And that he is, he is reaching and he is, he's trying to grasp. He's trying to build this relationship with you. He's, he's trying to help you. He's trying to clean you up and, and set you on a path that is going to be beneficial. Not only for this life, but for the life to follow. He's here to rescue. Matthew chapter 6 verse 13 says this. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us. From the evil one. Right. See this kind of soul. The hardened or oblivious heart is barren wasteland. This kind of soul will never reproduce because it cannot reproduce. The second uh, type of soil, soil is in Matthew uh, 20 and 21. 13, 20 and 21. And uh, he's, it's, it's basically a troubled heart produces shallow roots. And so as we look at our own hearts, uh, it, it says it's the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They, they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. I just want you to know, life is long. And at times, a difficult journey. A heart that is troubled by the obstacles and adversity of life will fail to produce deep roots. And maybe that is because of where we focus. We begin to focus only on our, our problems and, and, and we begin to miss the strength and the beauty of God's words. Here, these individuals have an interest in the gospel and, and even seem to embrace it at the beginning of the journey. However, over time, without tending to the growth of the seed of the gospel, they will fall away during the tough times and tribulations that all disciples of Christ experience. In fact, Jesus actually warned us in John 16, 33. says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. Watch this. He says, I have overcome the world. Yes. yes. Shallow roots will not sustain a person through the adverse and difficult seasons of life. It takes deep and strong roots growing healthy. In healthy soil to weather the stormy seasons. Amen? Amen. The third one is uh, in verse 22. And this is a distracted heart which bears no fruit. So it says the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of his life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. A distracted heart cannot grow the roots needed to sustain life. A heart that cares more about the things of the world than the things of the kingdom is not the healthy soil necessary to experience kingdom growth. Now, having money and having status and, and having popularity and, and worldly endeavors, they can eventually choke out the ability for the seed to get the nutrients and the care necessary to grow roots. Now, I'm not saying that having money is wrong and, 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 and individually that each one of the things are wrong. It is where the priority is. Yes. 
I think this is why Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. It's about priority. It's about where I put my focus, right? So an unhealthy and distracted soil is not the place for a seed to grow. And definitely not the place to find a harvest of healthy fruit. Let's go to 23. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produced a harvest of 30, 60, and 100 times as much as what had been planted. I like that one. Heart that is fertile is one that readily accepts the gospel seed and, and does the hard work of nurturing the growth. This heart is one that is open to the truth of God's word, open to the transformation that will take place. The heart is made ready by the prompting of the Holy Spirit and the participation of the individual. The heart does not just experience growth for itself, but actually impacts those around them. Healthy soils where seeds have the most opportunity to grow into life-giving plants and trees. For instance, a single healthy apple tree can bear enough fruit to feed dozens of people. Its shade gives rest to those that pass by in hot days. Its flowers nourish thousands of pollinators every spring, and its seed springs, spreads, and multiplies into an immeasurable amount of other apple trees over the course of a lifetime. Thirty, sixty, hundred times. Because it's planted in fertile soil. Ultimately a blessing for others. Why don't you stand with me? question I have today is what kind of soil describes your heart today? Will the gospel that has been seeded grow life, sustaining roots that can produce good fruit? Are you indifferent to the news of Jesus Christ? Are you needing to spend some time on the condition of your heart so that the seed of the gospel can grow deep and healthy roots? Are you distracted? Are there too many things in life clamoring for your attention? If you've ever had an earthly garden, you know it takes a lot of hard work and time. And it's no different in the internal garden either. Where the divine seeds of the gospel and the kingdom are trying to grow, they need healthy soil and consistent care. I just want to end talking about Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, verse 5 through 10. Talked a little bit about this Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus is a, he's a tax collector and what his fellow Jews would call him as a notorious sinner. And Jesus shows up and he sees Zacchaeus 
in this sycamore tree looking down, watching him. And he says, hey, I'm going to your house today. And then there was this fallout. And the fallout was is that when the people heard that, and they're like, why would Jesus spend time with a notorious sinner? And um, so here's what happened. When, they, when Jesus went with Zacchaeus to his house, Zacchaeus says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give half of my wealth to the poor. And anybody that I've cheated, I'm going to give them four times what I cheated. Right, there's this change. And, and I just felt like this was such a perfect example of us cultivating our soul. You're not locked in. Maybe things have gotten a little too crazy. Maybe, maybe it's a little hardened in there. God wants to break it up. Now, now I want you to see something in verse 9 of 19. Jesus responds, he says, Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Now, we know, as we read further in Hebrews, that Abraham was known as the father of the faithful. We know that the best cultor, cultivator in your soil is going to be expanding your faith. Growing your faith. I think the word says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Church, more than ever, this world needs a big tree along a riverbank. <laughs> more than ever, where its leaves don't wither and in every single season, it produces fruit. Can I pray with you for a moment? Dear Heavenly Father, as we humbly come into you, into your presence, I pray, God, that you would shine a light onto our own soil and that you would speak to everyone about their soil. Lord Jesus, we truly want to do your will. And Lord God, it isn't about the 30 and the 60 and the 100, but that's a great thing. God, we want to have fertile soil. We want to have good soil. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would speak to us about it. That you would help us, Lord God, to strive to love your word, to love the gospel, not only for our own lives and the lives of our family members and those close in our communities, Lord God, but for this world. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. The Psalter is open. Please come. Please pray.